Welcome to the Bad Fan Podcast. I am your host, Cole Carter, and we are so glad that you have tuned in with us today. If you're listening along on Spotify, a big welcome to you. And if you're viewing this on YouTube today, then I hope you leave a like if you find today's episode to be a good one. And if you're new to the podcast, we would be honored for you to subscribe today. Along with subscribing, I'd encourage you to click the bell down below the video to get notifications for every time the Bad Fan posts on new videos. That way you're always connected with all things The Bad Fan. Well guys, I can't do this thing alone. I'm joined by my good friends and yours, Brandon Pacenick and Stephen Curl. Gentlemen, welcome in. How you doing? How's the weekend? Hey, hey, hey. Uh, tough weekend in the sports world for me. Um, but my week's been good so far. <laughs> um, and I hope it continues. Yeah. Steven? Um... Tottenham's winning the Premier League. We're winning the Champions League next year, sports-wise. It was a very good weekend for myself. Baseball is back, and yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. It was a good weekend. What about you, Cole? Ah, thank you for asking. I was curious <laughs> yeah, that's right. if one of you were going to oh. bounce back to me. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I had a good weekend. Went to the Braves game Saturday night um, with my siblings and some friends. Um, they got the win. That was great. Two, I think it was 2-1 to one against the Reds. Um, but yeah, I had a pretty good weekend, enjoyed it, watched the Masters almost every swing. It felt like I was watching. Um, so yeah, good weekend. Can't complain. Um, heading into a new week, we'll see what is ahead. Hopefully some more good things. But together, the three of us are going to take you, the listener and viewer, on a journey through the world of sports today, giving you an informative rundown on the headlines that you guys need to know and discussing our views that may go against the grain of normal fans. Um, it's been good to check in, but as we jump into some of the headlines, we do want to take a look at um, some unfortunate news. Um, Brandon, could you give us a lowdown of what happened over the weekend down in South Florida? Yeah, um, ex-Ohio State quarterback Dwayne Haskins um, sadly passed away. Um, but we're going to celebrate him real quick. Um, so he set the Ohio State single-season record for passing touchdowns with 50 touchdowns. I believe that was in 2018 when he was – runner-up for the Heisman. Um, he had an insane year. It was, it was really crazy. Um, I think in that same season, he set the Ohio State single-season record as well for passing yards um, with 4,831. Um, like I said, in 2018, he was a Heisman finalist. Um, in 2019, he was the Rose Bowl MVP. Um, he did go – he got drafted in the first round as well, I believe, to the Washington football team. Um, had a hard time there which it's hard to have a good time there. They're poorly run um, NFL team. Um, and yeah, I think bounced around and then ended up on the, the, um, the Steelers, mm-hmm. uh, which he might've been battling for a spot this year, which is sort of unfortunate. Um, you know, that doesn't get the chance to do that, but um, you know, he's gone to young, he's our age, he's 24. So it's sort of crazy to put that in perspective as well. Um, but yeah, he was, he was a great quarterback and from everything I've seen, you know, great brother, great son, um, great family, great friends. So, yeah, it's really sad. Yeah. Obviously, you never want to see someone that young um, go that early. I think he was struck by a car. I don't know any of the specifics, but obviously not a situation that you want to hear about, especially because he could have had a chance to have a, you know, maybe a, a season up in Pittsburgh to compete. But we are going to jump in to our um, normally scheduled programming um, so some of the bigger headlines that took place over the weekend since the last time that we saw all of you here on The Bad Fan. Um, jumping in over the weekend, I was very, very excited for this last time we talked. But the Masters took place at Augusta National in this great city, Georgia. It was the 86th Masters tournament to take place, and it was a unique iteration to be sure. Um, after the past two were kind of different because of COVID, you had the 2020 um, one that actually took place in November. So that one had no patrons whatsoever. That one was won by Dustin Johnson. That was actually the year after Tiger had won in 2019, which is Tiger. a huge Masters tournament. Yep. And probably one of the. I was gonna say probably one of the craziest sports moments ever. Yeah. But yeah. Absolutely. And then in 2021, you had some patrons that were able to return, uh, but it still wasn't quite the same. That one, Hideki Matsuyama won, um, but this one, the patrons were back in full force. Uh, There were no COVID restrictions in place anymore, which is great. So the gallery was full and provided an amazing return of atmosphere to the course. Uh, But unfortunately, though, 
not a perfect return. Uh, much of the week, um, it was mired with cold, rainy, and windy conditions. So that greatly impacted the course itself, which is already very hard to play. It's not called the Masters for nothing. Um, so that saw some lower than normal normal scores on Thursday and Friday. Uh, but the man who ended up winning the green jacket was the number one player of the world coming into the tournament, and that man was Scotty Scheffler. Um, this guy has been on a tear. He has now won four of his past six tournaments that he's played in on the PGA Tour. So that's crazy. I mean, I could not imagine winning four of the six tournaments that, I mean, has tens of, like, hundreds of people playing in it. Um, pretty incredible feat. And uh, the PGA Tour tweeted out and actually told us that this is not a normal thing. Uh, players to win four times at a PGA Tour season, including a major and a World, World Golf Champions event, is Scotty Scheffler in 2021, 2022, so this year. And then a guy named Tiger Woods did it in 2008, 2007, 2006, 2005, 2002, 2001, 2000, and 1999. Um, no one else has done that except those two people. And this is also still early in the season. So Scotty still has a lot of room to improve, uh, to get some more wins. But to do it at Augusta uh, National is certainly an impressive feat. Um, to say the least, but not the only impressive feat. As we just mentioned him, Tiger Woods uh, made an extraordinary return to golf after having not played in a professional tournament for about 17 months um, in that 2020 uh, COVID, or sorry, 2020, yeah, 2020 uh, COVID Masters, um, and a little over a year since he almost lost his leg in a single car accident, he actually came out strong this week. Um, Thursday, he finished in the red at one under, um, but he did kind of fade away. He failed to find that same strength that he had on Thursday for the rest of the weekend. Um, but ultimately, you know, it's not where he finished. I think he finished eight over for the weekend, nine over on the weekend. But um, it wasn't a score that mattered. It was that he persevered and beat the insurmountable odds to even make a comeback that really I think only he could do. And this is a guy that won a U.S. Open in 2008 on a torn ACL. Um, this is a guy that's had like one or two spinal fusions. Um, and then won the Masters in 2019, like we mentioned. He also won in 2018 at the PGA Tour Championship. Um, so this is a guy I made sure I was glued to the TV. I almost watched every shot he took. Um, but I'm really hoping that this isn't the last time that we see him compete in Augusta. Um, Brandon, I know we sort of talked over the weekend a little bit. Uh, did you get to catch any of the tournament? Yeah, I watched every round, like some of the most of the featured groups. Um, you know, it was... It was some good golf. And yeah, like you said, the conditions were really tough for them. And obviously the Masters is just crazy difficult as it is. Um, but yeah, I didn't expect Tiger to finish. Um, I don't even know if I expect him to make the cut, to be honest. I mean, of course, I wanted him to, right? I wanted him to right. make it all four days. Um, but yeah, with um, Ustaisen going out, I was like, Tiger might be next, man. Like he, he was grimacing sometimes when he'd been over some of his hits, you know, he just didn't look great. So, but I think it's, you know, like you said, it's not where he finished. It's that he finished. Um, so good for him for doing that. And then, <clears throat> yeah, Scheffler, Scheffler, am I saying that right? Yeah. Scotty Scheffler. What a golfer, man. I mean, he's, you know, when you, whenever you're the two people in a, uh, categorization and you're with tiger woods um i think you're doing okay so good for him um you know the the year's long so hopefully he can keep up you know his we'll call it form right. and um keep playing really well because because he looked really good um over the weekend so and it seems like he's a champion that people have also been really happy with his character off the course mm -hmm. um you know people have been admiring you know him and his wife their character um so people are really happy that he won which is always a good feeling just to see a guy yeah. that i mean he dominated he went into 18 with a five stroke lead he was at 12 under i think he four putted i don't know if you guys got to see i mean he was like yeah. within like two or three feet and he three putted that so i mean <laughs> he had to have been nervous but luckily he had a five stroke cushion um the pairing to watch on sunday actually was not even in that final group if you guys watched, if you're listening and watching, Colin Morikawa and Rory McIlroy both balled out. Rory in particular, I mm. think was seven under on the day and actually got to jump up to second place. Um, I know he was scoreboard watching, but ultimately, like we said, Scotty was 
on fire. Um, but the fun moment was Colin Morikawa and Rory were both in a bunker together. And it was amazing. Yeah, on the 18th hole. And they both sunk it from the bunker back to back. Um, A pretty cool (laughs) Masters moment. Um, What a way to finish the tournament. Obviously, Rory at that point is thinking, you know, maybe because he finished ahead of Scotty that maybe he had a chance um, getting that shot in. But obviously, just too much or too little too late for Rory. And uh, Scotty just had the whole thing in control. But a great weekend for golf. A great week for the Masters to be back in full force. Um, but ultimately, Scotty Scheffler is the man that stays on top, and uh, we'll see what he can do in the future. But um, on Thursday, Major League Baseball made its return. We had a great MLB preview episode that we aired for you guys. Um, so if you missed that, it's not too late to check it out. We still have a lot of MLB season left, so make sure to go check that out. Leave a comment of who you think is going to be the World Series champion. We'd love to see who you think of for that one. Leave a like. Um, but MLB opening weekend happened. Um, Steven, I'm hoping that you've been watching some games, yes? Absolutely. Um, Thank you. I uh, stole my MLB login from my good friend, Wynn Hasty. Um, if you're watching, <laughs> thank you so much. I text him every year at the start of the season because he changes the password, but I always ask him anyways. Um, but, yeah, so I've been watching a lot of baseball. Good. Yeah, I like I said, I had the chance on Saturday to go to a game. Brandon, you get any of the games caught yet? Um, I actually didn't. Wa- I watched the Braves opening day, I think. Um, but other than that, I didn't really catch any, any baseball that's, this weekend. That's fair. That's okay. Um, but we're going to talk about some of the teams that looked the hottest this first weekend. Um, teams have had a chance to play four or five games now. And I think the, th- the first one we're going to start with is going to be the Rockies out in Denver. They got this series win against the, the new-look Dodgers, including Freddie Freeman. Uh, but, Steven, give us a breakdown of the weekend, some of the teams that looked hot, and what happened. Uh, yeah, I mean, considering, I believe, I mean, today is Monday, so the fourth games are getting played today. So, statistically, the hottest team was the only undefeated team on the weekend, which was the Tampa Bay Rays. Wow, um, shocker. Yeah, so they swept the Orioles. A lot of people saying, oh, it's the Orioles. But even the Orioles came around today and ended up beating the Brewers, a very good team, 2-0. Um, to zero. So, but yeah, Tampa looked really good. Um, they're going to be one of those teams that um, you don't really know how they get 95 wins at the end of the year, but they're going to be there. Um, but yeah, like you said, the Rockies um, were surprising, uh, mashing LA a little bit out in Colorado. Um, yeah, man, a lot of teams looked really fun. The Gosh, the Rangers and Blue Jays games have been absolutely insane. <laughs> um I want to make up a number and say there's like 15 home runs hit in that series is what it sounded, <laughs> what it felt like, honestly. Um, and I the believe- Rangers today, as we re- recorded this, they got bit by the replay bug again today against the Rockies. <laughs> yeah, they've had a wild, wild start to their season. I believe um, they hit Jose Barrios out of uh, the start of his game and were winning 8-0 to zero in the first three or four innings. They ended up coming out and losing that game, so... Wow. Um, baseball's fun. Yeah, it's back, and I'm excited. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, let's think. What else? I mean, the Braves, they had a four-game set against the Reds, splitting the series 2-2. Two to two. Um, Obviously, you always have you know the talk of the World Series hangover. I mean, any sport, you know, the Super Bowl hangover, whatever it is. Opening day, they didn't look great. Uh, but then you had Charlie Morton come out in Game 2 and Kyle Wright in Game 3, uh, putting out some pretty solid pitching performances, and then just getting slashed uh, the other day in Ian Anderson start. And then also, as we recorded today on Monday, Waskari Noah and the Braves just not looking good. I think they lost 11-2 to against the Nationals. Um, what was his name? Um, who was the guy that had 4-5 four, four, hits, Stephen? Uh, Franco. Uh, yes. Yeah, Michael Franco. Uh, Michael Franco having just an amazing day for the Nationals against the Braves. So, Obviously, we want them to bounce back. Um, there's a lot of games to play, so maybe not time to press the panic button quite yet. Um, but who's been some of the hottest hitters and players that are taking MLB by storm right now? I have some fun, fun stats for you today. So mm-hmm. my Brilliant. hot take for the MVP this year is going to be my man, Byron Buxton. First, uh, first round draft pick um, out of Minnesota. He's had a ton of injury problems. Um, but there was a stretch this weekend where in three straight at bats spanning over two games, 
Um, he hit a home run and then a home run and then another home run. Yes. Um, he hit three home runs. Yeah. Very good. Um, over the span of two games, but he's out mashing. He's a leadoff hitter out in Minnesota, um, and a very dangerous twins lineup. Um, kind of gives you that Acuna vibe of a power hitter hit and lead off. Um, mm-hmm. In his last 103 games, he's had 35 home runs and 21 defensive runs saved. And this is games that he's played in. So injuries have been the bug. Um, right. But even like narrowing it down to the past 81 games, he's hit 30 bombs with 10 stolen bases. So obviously this isn't how it works but if you were to add another 30 home runs that's 60 home runs and 20 stolen bases not to mention like a 280 average but anyways that's my fun take for the mvp but a lesser known name a rookie out of cleveland plays for the guardians my man brandon's team over there come on my second Um, team yeah, don't Brandon's say that. Other, don't team. say the other name anymore. Don't say that other name. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> his name is Stephen Kwan. He has reached base 15 times <laughs> in his first four games in his major league career. So put that put that into perspective for some people that maybe don't know baseball that well. I mean, in your first four games, how many times are you even going to the plate? Usually, and this is on a, if you get a bat, probably like four, four bats, four bats a game, usually. Um, so in his first, in his first four MLB games, the Cleveland Guardians have been doing pretty well. So he's come to the plate 15 times and he's reached base every time. He's taken 26 swings and has not missed the ball. <laughs> so it might have been like a foul tip or whatever but he has not missed the ball this looks like six singles two doubles a triple and five walks also showing that discipline um wow. since he's got to the major leagues um Dang. sustainable absolutely not do i know who Stephen kwan is before <laughs> the last like couple no. hours no no idea but it's fun and i love it baseball's fun so um 26 swings hasn't missed the baseball yet That's um crazy. And if he does that all year, for y'all who aren't too familiar with baseball, he'll be the best baseball player of all time. Um, <laughs> what he's done in these first four games has not been done since 1901, um, referring to Whew. the amount of times that he has reached on base in his first four professional league games. But yeah, those are some fun stats for you. Um, so lesser known names, um, some more ho- high-profile names of uh, people I expect to have a breakout year. Wow. I love baseball. Yeah, and it's, yeah. I don't. I don't think people can even sometimes grasp how hard that is. Um, the fact that you're not missing on a swing is incredible. I mean, yeah. if you understood the amount of break that some of these guys have or how fast they throw, I mean, it's it's pretty incredible the judgment and the vision you have to have just to see the ball that well. So, obviously not sustainable, but certainly a great way to start your career as a rookie. And um, we saw, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say before he l- leave the Guardians, they signed Jose Ramirez to a long-term deal, which I was thinking that they were going to um, move on from him, you know, maybe get some money for him or whatnot. But they signed him. And I don't know if that means they're going to try to go for it towards the deadline if they're looking good. You know, they started the season really well. Um, I th- like I've said, I think before they have okay pitching. So it's going to be interesting. I don't, I don't know why that deal happened, but it did, and that's, that's pretty exciting. I think yeah. his deal also included a no-trade clause, so yeah. he's certainly not going anywhere. It wasn't like they were getting his contract set so they could trade it. It's a no-trade deal, so it will be interesting to see if they feel confident about their team now or they'll evaluate, because we have the expanded playoff format, if they think come July that maybe they can be buyers and push for a deep playoff run. But I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Both the I mean, also both those players in the AL Central, Cleveland Guardians, Minnesota Twins, um, Detroit's looking fun. Uh, White Sox are going to be fun to watch. Royals are off to a bad start um, with Bobby Witt, top prospect yeah. in the major leagues. Yeah. Um, AL Central, no one's going to be amazing. Um, no one's going to go out and win. I don't think like ninety-five games, but. Sometimes that's that's like the most fun uh, and playing in that division. So I'm really excited to see how it's going to turn out. Yeah, it's it's certainly up for grabs. I know I mentioned it, but the Royals, I always hope that they can come out on top. It's been a while since they've been relevant. Um, they weren't terrible last year. I mean, they were like 
I think, 12, 10 games under 500, which, you know, relative to some other teams in majors, um, they weren't too bad off. But exciting to see a great start to the Major League Baseball season. Um, a season that's coming to a close, though, as the NBA playoffs are set to start. Uh, they're beginning with the NBA's play-in tournament. Um, whether you like it or not, it's happening. And some actually think this is when the NBA becomes watchable and actually becomes sort of fun. Um, I, I do love the NBA. I haven't watched as much as I normally do. Uh, but the play-in tournament is going to feature um, the 7 and 8 seeds from each team as well as the 9 and 10 seeds. So basically how it will go. Um, in Game 1 in the East, uh, you'll have the Cleveland, Cavali- Ca- the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're the 8 seed taking on the 7 seed Brooklyn Nets. Um, so this is like a young Cavs team, aside from Kevin Love, really, um, versus the experienced but also kind of discombobulated net squad. Um, there's been rumors of Ben Simmons, uh, big baby Ben Simmons, um, potentially making a return from his injury. It's sort of sounding like that's doubtful, um, but that should be a good game. I'm hoping that the Cavs come out on top. I really don't think the Nets deserve it um, with all the talent that they have and everything that they had going on for them. They really should not have finished as a 7C. They should have been the top of the league. They deserve to lose, in my opinion. Um, and the West, your 8 and 7 seed matchup is the LA Clippers versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Clippers, you know, have been a team that's been intriguing for a while. Um, they're the one LA team that did make the playoffs because uh, the Lakers are a trash organization, deservedly so. Um, oop, my bad. And you have a Timberwolves team that has a hungry Anthony Edwards and the big cat Carl Anthony Town. So that'll be an intriguing matchup. It'd be fun to see the Timberwolves advance. They've been, it feels like, in rebuild mode for a long time. Yet the former Georgia Bulldog, Anthony Edwards. (laughs) The only good Um, thing to come out of that basketball program. Hey, man, just means more okay. Don't even get me started. (laughs) Yep. yep. I think they had, like, after the firing of Tom Crean, they've had, like, nine guys enter the transfer portal on that basketball team. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, Georgia State's the best basketball team in the state, so yeah, yeah, we love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the winners of the winners earn the seventh seed from those games, and they automatically advance to the NBA playoffs. But then you have the nine and ten seed games, which in the East is the Charlotte Hornets versus our Atlanta Hawks. Um, points and assist leader Trey Young, um, which no one else has done in history where they've been the points and assist leader in the NBA. And also the points and assist leader and the NCAA, uh, Trey Young, one of one, a uh, history maker. So Ice always Trey. exciting to see him lead the Atlanta Hawks into playoff contention. But he's going up against LaMelo Ball and the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, the two teams, I believe, split their season series. Um, but of the two teams to play, I think this is the most favorable favorable matchup for the Hawks. I think they uh, match up well against them. But still, this is a team that doesn't have John Collins. Um, but you have guys like Bogdanovich who's starting to heat up at the right time, and Clint Capella and those guys are looking to um, be a cohesive unit like they were in that Eastern Conference Finals run last year. We'll see if they can get it done. And lastly, the 10th seed in the West, taking on the 9th seed in the East, the San Antonio Spurs, taking on the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, That'll be the one in the West to watch. And so the winner of Game 3, which is the Hawks-Hornets, versus the loser of Game 1, Cavaliers-Nets, will play the winner of that game. And then you have the same thing in the West, Spurs, Pelicans versus Timberwolves, Clippers. So it's sort of weird that they're doing the play-in tournament. I don't really know if I love it. I think you play, what, 82 games. I think you kind of deserve your spot at the end of it at that point. Um, But the NBA is looking to sort of shake things up. I think even potentially in the future, adding one more kind of in-season tournament. Money, money, Um, money, 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 money. Yeah, it's (laughs) – I don't really see the point. I think just because people criticize the NBA – um, specifically like, you know, October, November, December, they just talk about how those games don't matter, it feels like. I mean, I feel like even Trey Young earlier in the season when the Hawks were under 500, they're sort of like, yeah, we'll start clicking in Toronto at the right time. And I don't know. I don't think it's a good thing, but we'll see. I mean, if it ends up happening, only time will tell if an additional tournament will be a good thing. Um, on the women's side of things, the WNBA draft happened. Just a quick mention. Um, our Atlanta Dream made a trade uh, to get the number one pick in the 2022 WNBA draft. After a sluggish season, actually a couple of sluggish seasons, the Dream traded for the number one pick this past week. And with that pick, they selected two-time SEC Player of the Year and guard out of Kentucky, Ryan Howard. Um, Howard, she averaged 20.5 points and 7.4 rebounds in her se- senior season, um, leading the Wildcats in points 
rebounds, three-pointers, steals, and blocks. So she wow. can do it all. <laughs> um, so if the Dream are hoping to get back into contention, I'm sure she will be a good start. Um, but the last person that even did that in the SEC in the women's game uh, was in the past 20 seasons was Mississippi State's Tan White. That was back in 2004 and 2005. So certainly wow. uh, she's a player to keep an eye on the WNBA. Um, I don't know if it's enough to make the Dream competitors, but I'm sure that'll help them get out on the right foot. Um, but off of basketball, shooting with our hands, we're going to go to a game that shoots with our feet and take it over to the European <laughs> UEFA Champions League. And guys, we're in leg two now of the quarterfinals. Um, we mm -hmm. had some interesting results in leg one. Um, Liverpool, they dominated Benfica. Not a total surprise. Kanate, uh, Mane, and Luis Diaz were in the scoring. But uh, Brandon, what's the breakdown on that one? Yeah, you know, um, it was at Benfica. Um... Liverpool just handled them really well. It was, you know, Liverpool's top two team in the world, <laughs> um, probably, yeah. you know, and, you know, they just, they just did what they do best. Um, but I want to mention a guy who's been heavily linked to teams in the Premier League recently, and he's having a insane season in Portugal. Uh, it's Darwin Nunez. Nunez? Nunez? Um but yeah, um, he has 24 goals in the Portuguese league, and I think also three assists. Um, and he's also netted five goals in this year's Champions League. So that's crazy. He's only 22 also. So he's probably going to be looking to make a move. Um, I've seen him linked with Arsenal, and I think that would be a really good fit for him, to be honest. So we'll see if that happens. But moving on to... Um, well, one, one quick question. He's a yeah, winger yeah, yeah. or a striker? I believe he's a striker, straight up. So maybe he would replace the Frenchman Lacazette at Arsenal. Laca. Yeah, yeah. Or just, you know, just learn under Supplement. Lacazette for, yeah. You know, they, they, they're, there's, Arsenal in a funny way is still building, but they've looked so good this year, and which we're going to talk about a little later. Um, but yeah, I think Darwin, Darwin Nunez would uh, fit in well there. Um, but yeah, moving on now to, I think, the best team in the world, Manchester City. Um, they get a very good win over Atletico Madrid. Um, Simeone, you know, like we've said before, sets up Atletico in a very specific way, very defensive, and focuses on their counterattacks. Well, Pep is a mastermind and the best coach I've ever seen coach soccer. And, um, completely... and certainly the most colorful as well. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Um, and he loves the game. It's, su it's super fun to watch him in his interviews and whatnot. But um, completely negated their their counterattacking. Um, Atletico had no shots, therefore no shots on goal. Wow. Um, had, I think, maybe 30% possession. I think it was less than that, maybe like 20-something. Um, and obviously their passes weren't as much. They were like a third of Man City's. So it's like Man City truly dominated this game. Um, but only got a one nothing win, and that was thanks to Phil Foden, who I think is the best young player in the world. Um, you know, he shows his class and slipped in Kevin De Bruyne um, for a beautiful goal. Yeah, um, that, that pass was beautiful. I think he even nutmegged the defender in front of him to slip yeah. in that pass, and just Kevin puts that away so well. Yeah, and I think he was only on the field for like five minutes maybe or ten minutes, you know, when he made that pass. So just crazy. Um <laughs> Yeah, and you know, then they go into the second leg to Atletico. I don't know, Steve. What do you think? How do you think they'll do? Yeah, I mean, there's English media has been like burning Atletico down in flames. It seems like with their <laughs> with their typewriters over there, they're just like the most boring game of football. It's not even football. What you know, Simeone's doing, you know, zero shots, zero shots on goal, like just criticizing Matawazu. But at the end of the day. Manchester City is going into Atletico with one home goal. And, you know, been in an environment at Madrid that, you know, you could maybe say plays in Simeone's hand. Um, obviously, they'd like to be going into this leg up, um, Atletico would. Um, but they're only down one goal um, for as dominant as Manchester City looked. I really don't know. You know, I, especially mm -hmm. if it was a different team, if Manchester City dominated, honestly – if I'm looking at Benfica, Liverpool, Bayern, B, or any of those teams with those stats, I would assume for them to to wipe 
in the second in the second leg as well. But mm-hmm. it's Atletico. Um, right. It's kind of what they do. So yeah. part of me is like, I feel a little naive to not think that this second leg is going to be crazy. Um, I don't know. Hopefully filled with some more goals, more than just one. Um, I'd like to see Manchester City go through, but then there's also... They've never won the Champions League, I don't think. So, you know, maybe... Champions of Europe, you'll never sing that. I know, right? Um, So maybe maybe Simeone bites another Manchester team in the butt, but it's going to be must-see TV for sure. Mm. Yeah, and you made a quick mention of it, but I don't think it applies anymore. You said that Man City got that home goal, um, but I think now this year the home goal, away goal... Are they going to get that? Yep. Is in a, yeah, it's not in effect anymore. So it's um, really, it's just a straight-up 1-0. And just like the other matchups, too, um, that rule is no longer in effect. So I think it will go into, I think, a full extra time and then PKs. I don't think it goes straight into PKs. I would um, not. So I guess we'll definitely have to keep an eye on you know, some of the other games. Like if the next matchup that we talked about, Villarreal and Bayern, if this one, after the shocking result in leg one, uh, the Vampire... <laughs> Does it once more, getting the result, um, beating Bayern 1-0. Um, I mean, that's just a crazy headline in itself. The fact that um, Bayern, a team that just feels like they're unstoppable, um, just a force of just incredible players, of deep talent, and just, you know, they're sort of like Man City, where they're just like the, the machine that just like, you know, they're so effective in what they do that to see them lose 1-0 in the first leg is pretty crazy to see, huh? Yeah, I think it is. Um and, you know, we were sort of dogging Villarreal. We didn't really give them a chance in our in our last episode when we talked about it. But they get a one nothing win. So they kept a clean sheet, which is crazy. But now they're going into Munich. Um, and I just... <laughs> I think Munich, I think Bayern will win 4 nothing. to be honest. Oof. Yeah. That's a pretty critical result. Uh, yeah. Steven, Steven, before you say something, do you know who won man of the match for Villarreal in leg one? Oh, yes. Um, is it one of those high-profile signings that Tottenham likes to do? Then we loan them <laughs> out, and they play well when they're on the other team? Giovanni yes. Lo Celso? You okay, are cool. correct. Yeah. <laughs> he looked hey, good, too. He might come back. I hope not, but he might come back. <laughs> not for not for like any reason. I think he just he's enjoying his time at Villarreal far a lot, like way more than he was in Tottenham. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a better fit for him. Yeah, most the, players do. <laughs> Most players are all of them. There's some that we'll talk about that have great fits. But you think four zero in the next game, really? Um, yeah, maybe something, maybe three. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's at home. It's in Munich. Um, I think you see these teams, especially Bayern. Like Bundesliga is not really competitive, you know. And maybe this is the shock that they needed. Um, and this happens to these high profile teams. And it was only 1-0. It's a great result for Unai, Emery, but yeah. I mean, unless they just park the bus, but I don't even know if that's the best strategy. You know, it's it's do you go out and just try to defend or do you still try to play that expansive football to keep it on them? Um, so I will it, say they have Gerard Moreno, who's a really good striker, and they, they started to do that in the game. I, I watched some of it. And Gerard Moreno almost got in behind. Um, he was like one good touch away from just being one-on-one with uh, Manuel Neuer. So maybe that is what, how they'll approach it. Maybe that's how they'll have to, because that's what a lot of the first leg was. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting how they, how they come out. Wow. Yeah. It'll be, I think the one to watch this other one was a masterclass from one singular player that's done it two, uh, rounds in a row. Um, Steve, what happened in the Chelsea Real Madrid game? Ah, uh, yes. So my dark horse to win the Champions League, um, <laughs> quoted on podcast previous, Real can Madrid confirm. can confirm. I've been saying it since the beginning. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Real Madrid absolutely mopped the floor with with Chelsea. Um, with- Not true. no uh benzema did though could have had four goals Uh, showed he was human only scored three to be nice um but no we (laughs) missed a wide open like the easiest one maybe he missed the one played in by the chelsea defender um (laughs) but no uh yeah we talked about chelsea a little bit after losing to brentford um about this being a blip on the radar they're gonna get back into it um and tuchel even after the game had said um 
you know, we're in, I'm worried about Southampton. I'm not thinking about the second leg in the Bernabeu. It sounded kind of doom and gloom, honestly, about Chelsea's chances going into the second leg. Um, a lot of that kind of coaching strategy coming into it, I think he knows the talent that he's working with, but also um, he inspired Mason Mount to get a haircut, um, you know. Um, so, <laughs> uh, But no, yeah, this game was, was, was pure class from Kareem Benzema um, and punishing Chelsea mistakes. Um, Chelsea scored a really good goal. I believe it was Havertz that came in and scored. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just little sloppy giveaways. Mindy with an awkward pass um, out of the back, got punished. Um, Benzema left in way too much acres of space, showing what he can do with his head. I believe his first two goals were headed goals. Um, one drifting away from the goal, coming across was absolutely – I think that was the most impressive goal to, my, to myself. Um, yeah. And the first one having acres of space as well. So Kareem Benzema is getting it done um, and having a very good season getting ready to go into this World Cup year. But, yeah, we'll see how the second tie goes. Um, I'd like to say I'm optimistic about Chelsea, but it's going to be in Madrid. Um, And that definitely has factors to play with it. And I think Real, you know, maybe a 2-1 scoreline in favor of Real. I just – I don't think Tuchel can get it done. Um but I mean, they came in at that Southampton game and wiped them out six zero. Six zero, yeah. So who knows? Maybe the haircuts and the new result at Southampton. Maybe yeah, I don't know. Christian Pulisic needs to wear a bigger hat, smaller hat. I don't know. Whatever it is. Um, the revenge but, tour is happening. Yeah, maybe the revenge tour is happening. But I, my money's on Real Madrid, um, the kings of Champions League, to be honest, um, to advance past this round. Hey, that's a fair take. That's a fair take. Yeah, I was just going to say, Chelsea, you know, the bright spot is it's only a two-goal two goal swing, um, three to win, obviously. But so it's it's close enough, right? We've seen crazier things in the Champions League. Absolutely. Um, so I, and Chelsea, they're defending champs. Um, they're coming off of a 6 nothing wipe of Southampton, who's not a bad team. Um yeah, I'm really interested in this game because Chelsea's good enough to beat Real Madrid, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're good enough to flip it 3-1, right? They, they could easily do that. It's just, will they? I don't know. Tuchel, Tuchel's going to be really tested in the second leg, so so we'll we'll see how it goes. And another thing, too, I want to mention is how much different this Chelsea team would be if even one of their strikers were firing um, then Timo or Lukaku, Um, that's just more of a sidebar, I guess, but the amount of money on transfers spent on specifically those two players, um, this is Kai Havertz playing like a false nine or Pulisic playing a false (laughs) nine and ZH scoring goal. It's Rudiger. Like, I don't know. This team is good. Um, And they would be even better if they had a a firing number nine, like Mm -hmm. Graham Benzema, but. Anyways, yeah. Second leg will be great. To, the, to that point, though, I mean, Timo finally did find some footing um, against that Southampton team. I think he scored two goals and maybe had an assist. So maybe that is enough for him to very very poorly played. That Southampton's yes. a great team, gosh, yes. but they played absolutely horrible. <laughs> right, but for Timo, I mean, the whole thing for him has been it's yeah, encouraging the, the, and the inability to put the ball into the back of the net. So just even if it's against Southampton, even if it was against Norwich. You know, it doesn't really matter who. It was just the fact that he got those goals um, might be the motivation he needs if he gets the start against a Real Madrid team. But um, all that is to be seen. Um, those games will take place later in the week. Um, but also in Europe, the Europa League is in its quarterfinal stage as well. Uh, West Ham Lyon was a great match. Um, our guy, also another Tottenham player that saw a great <laughs> uh, boost in motivation and also on the field was Tengi Ndombele. Uh, getting his goal, uh, just feeling like he's back at home in London, uh, this time at the London Stadium. So him and Jared Bowen both scored in that one. So second leg should be very good. Um, Frankfurt held their own against Barcelona at home. Uh, so that one was 1-1 as well. So maybe they'll have the same luck going to the Barcelona. Uh, kind of remains to be seen, I would guess. And then uh, Rangers, a team that was beaten at home. Um, so can the Scottish champions bounce back in that one? sort of remains to be seen in RB Leipzig and Atalanta, probably the two maybe most competitive best two teams um, in this round, at least in this draw. 
could be the best second leg to watch. Should def definitely be entertaining. Um, so yeah, Europa League is happening. Um, and also, and a sort of Champions League of sorts, we have the CONCACAF Champions League. Um, and that one, it's the two Mexican teams and the two U.S. teams taking on each other. Mm. Uh, Pumas beat Cruz Azul at home 2-1. to one. Um, Do you guys have some notes on these games? Yeah, I was I was able to watch both of them actually. Um, they end up being pretty late here on the East Coast, so but I I, I, I say screw it and uh, stay up and watch because they're fun. Um, and you never know what's going to happen. Uh, we, there's a saying that uh, you just got concacaft, and mm -hmm. it's it's really true in a lot of these these games. Um, but yeah, um, Juan De Nino for Pumas uh, scored his sixth and seventh goals in this game. Um, that's in the, cha the CONCACAF Champions League. Um, he's also doing pretty well in the Mexican League as well. But yeah, it was really entertaining. It was end-to-end. -end. Um, and, you know, that's what you would expect and also um, hope for, I guess, in a, in a game like this, especially a semifinal. Um, and I'm hoping for the same in the second leg. Um, I will say, though, that Cruz Azul, Cruz Azul scored a late a late goal. I think it was the 83rd minute um, to get it back to 2-1. to one. Now, in normal Champions League the away goal rule is no longer existent. However, in CONCACAF Champions League, it does still exist. So, uh, yes, classic. the game was at Pumas. That means Cruz Azul has the away goal. Um, very crucial going into the second leg. Um, so I don't want to overlook that. I want to make sure I said that. So really what that means is um, Cruz Azul has to only score one goal and not give up any. So if they do that, they win, a win the game one nothing. They will go through to the final of the of the Champions League. Um, so I I don't know who I'm pulling for on that side. Um, I've said Cruz Azul's pretty good, and I think I'll stick by them, but I honestly, I could not tell you who's going to win that second leg. Yeah, but Pumas has a cooler jersey, so they get my vote. Mm, um. True, <laughs> true. Uh, but on the American side, you had Seattle. They beat NYCFC at home 3-1. to one. Um, What was up with that one? Um, yeah, I, it, Seattle looked good on the day they, they, you know, I think they deserve to win the game. Um, there's a questionable penalty call in the game that I didn't think was a penalty, but again, it's one of those conquer calf things that, you know, it goes that way during that game, but in the, the second leg in, in New York, it might fall New York's way. Um, right. so, you know, we, we will see what happens there. Um, but yeah, anything can happen in these CONCACAF games, in these tournament-style games. It's 3-1 now, but it could be flipped. Um, and yeah, New York, again, they have an away goal. So if they win 2-0, they will go through on aggregate. So yeah. um, I don't know. What are you guys' predictions for this for these two series? I hope you guys – I don't know if you guys have been watching, but it should be should be really interesting finish. Well, I said Pumas can take the first one. Yeah. And I think at this point, Seattle is probably the stronger team. They obviously have the bigger advantage. But I think Steven has the more pronounced prediction for what Seattle can do this season, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, again, Seattle. When we were talking earlier at the beginning, a little bit earlier stages of this Champions League um, for CONCACAF, I had them winning it. Um, they're really good. Uh, <laughs> and they're playing without their best player in Raul Rudy Diaz. Um and yeah, I think if you're an MLS fan, you want Seattle just to go through because I don't have confidence in New York uh, beating whether it be Pumas or Cruz Azul. Cruz Azul, a team that's won the league in MX multiple times. Um, but yeah, I hope Pumas goes through. I think Cruz Azul was in the final not too long ago, maybe like a couple of years ago. I think. You're um, right. And so it'd be fun to see Pumas in there, um, Seattle. Um, in a way, it just feels like America's team in MLS. I don't know if that's me just making things up in my head. They're really big trailblazers when it comes to um, investing in the MLS, one of the early goers. So hopefully they can do it. Um, Roos not getting on the score sheet, um, poaching him from Real Salt Lake, which was their best player last year. Um, <laughs> so, But no, I hope... I hope Seattle can do it. I think that they'll win the Champions League. Maybe this will be the first year they do it. I think consistently throughout every leg of the competition, they've looked the best out of every other team. Um, 
But again, they have that MLS voodoo on them. Um, and, you know, hopefully this is uh, the first step to, uh, to a treble of Seattle this year. Hot take. Hot take. Um, <laughs> they got to they gotta dethrone Atlanta United, um, who is has currently the best number nine in the league in Dom Dwyer for the U.S. Open Cup. So they have to take that trophy away from us. And, uh, hey, we've, we've held on the trophy longer than anyone else has. So. Yeah, you know, maybe it's time for Dom Dwyer to now. give it up. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Maybe 2019. That's yeah. Crazy. So, but in all seriousness, though, I think if Seattle somehow wins this CONCACAF Champions League, that's a ton of momentum just to carry into the season. Um, yeah. yeah. With Freddie Montero, I think, scoring like four or five CONCACAF Champions League goals for them without even their starting striker. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, honestly. So um, I think they'll get rolling after they're done with this competition. But yeah. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll agree with you. I think Pumas, because their striker is good, I think they will go through. Um, I couldn't predict the score of the next game, <laughs> to be honest. I'll say Pumas, though, Seattle. And I do think Seattle will win. Um, they're, they are good. They're starting to click. And Rui Diaz played in the MLS this past weekend. I think he's coming back from injury. That's why he hasn't been yeah. playing that much. So um, if he's there for the final, you know, I, yeah, that's, again, we've said this, and I don't want to beat the drum anymore, but it's, uh, they're very, very good. And I think they will break the MLS curse and win the MLS's first Champions League and their first Champions League. So. Yeah, I'm all for that. I'd love to see them as an MLS team make history. Um, but moving on, uh, we're going to go back to Europe, to the Premier League. And I think the match of the season that everyone had their eyes on, everyone, I'm sure, was putting big money on the game. You had the two uh, giants and titans of the game going up against each other, talking about Manchester City and Liverpool. Um, this game was full of spectacle. Uh, obviously, some of the best players in the world going at it. Um, some good goals, um, some good big results, but the game ended in a 2-2 draw. Um, who wants to break it down? Brandon, Steven, who's got it? I'll give it to Brandon. He Take always away, points at me. I, know. <laughs> I will. Uh, these are the two best teams in the world, in my opinion, um, with some of the best players in the world. Um, so, yeah, 2-2, like you said, goals from Kevin De Bruyne. Then Jota scored, who's been on fire this year. Yeah, I think insane. he's up to 14 goals now. Yeah, maybe just in the Premier League, but overall I think he's in the 20s or something crazy. Yeah, like very you add Champions League, crazy. What a signing by them from Wolves. Um, then Gabriel Jesus scored. And then like a minute in or so to the second half, Sadio Mane scores off of a great cross. Crazy game. Um, Sterling did score later, but it was called back for offside. Uh, I think it was pretty close too. Um, but dude, this was—it was just an amazing game to watch. I, I sent, I sent you guys a picture with me having a breakfast burrito and my coffee, just like thankful for life. Basically, mm. I was like, it can't get really much better than this on on a Sunday morning. Um, the sun was out. It was just—it was awesome. So. Um, yeah, the two best teams in the world going at it. That's I would love to watch that every week. Um, but, yeah, we're going to get to see it again in the FA Cup. So that'll be really exciting. Um, but, yeah, Man City keeps their one-point advantage in the table. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you guys think they can, can keep that one-point advantage or, you know, well, go on to win? I'm going to say one thing, and not to mention not even getting just the breakfast burrito, but getting Rebecca Lowe in the My, My Premier League mornings. Oh, I mean, yep. come on. Can you beat that? She's the same. Um, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, I think <laughs> I think Man City, obviously they have the advantage. Um, Liverpool, yeah, hey, they still got to play a hot Tottenham team. Um, can they steal another point? Because that uh, game, I think in November or December, um, I think it was like the second or third game when Antonio was in charge, and he actually drew against Liverpool. So, mm. You know, I'm, if I'm a Liverpool fan, I'm looking at that game and thinking this actually might be a really, really big game for them now that they didn't get the win against Man City. So I think Man City has the advantage going into these last six, seven or, ga uh, or so games. Uh, yeah, I'll say the biggest takeaway, I'll keep it really brief, uh, for the Man City-Liverpool game was 
Pep Guardiola going on TV afterwards, congratulating the U.S. men's national team on qualifying <laughs> for the World Cup. Um, rumor, maybe he'll be our next coach. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. We could only, like, that's that's in a dream. Like, that's not <laughs> too – I could too, never imagine. To burst that bubble, he also <laughs> said this week that he would coach at Man City forever. So Yeah, which I, I hope he does. I really hope he does. Hey, you can do both. I, I don't – um, only in FIFA and F- FIFA <laughs> yeah um, but yeah that was certainly an amazing match I know I had a friend at the game that it was like their first time going wow. overseas to see them play and he had told me this back in January and I was like oh cool like enjoy and then when I found out this week he was going to that match I was like oh my gosh like that's insane <laughs> so obviously he had a really good time as a Man City fan um, but some other matchups at the top the top four race has heated up as we've hoping it would. Um, our guys, Tottenham, um, way to go. Um, I've actually even got, I'm going to flip it around for the viewers oh. to show it off. Oh, this I is, my oh, man, yeah. Sonny getting the hat <laughs> trick. Um, Tottenham beat Brandon's team, Villa 4 0. Brandon, I'm so sorry, man. Uh, yeah. The villain just not looking hot in this one. Yeah, I so I actually didn't watch this. I only watched the highlights. Um, we looked actually really good for I think a good portion of the game. Right. Um, well, we we scored early, goals. and you guys we scored early, and then you guys responded really well. Yeah, um, yeah, and that tends that, to happen. It was just that in the second half, you guys just sort of fell apart. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I think that's also just a point of like there's one team that's fighting for. Um, a lot and one team that's fighting for literally nothing. Um, so, um, but a four, nothing, you'd, you'd never like to see that. So there's been a lot of questions on Villa Twitter this week. Um, you know, as, as it, as that happens, I feel like Gerard? Every, uh, no, maybe a little bit, but just, you know how people freak out and then Villa will win this next week and then it'll be all hunky dory again. Just people on, on Twitter. Yeah. Crazy. People but, are, um, yeah, they're so you know, highs <laughs> so and lows. Bad. It's just yeah, it's bad. It's so funny, but yeah, congrats sort of like on Steve the four nothing win. Yeah, no, Steve <laughs> loves Tottenham. Oh yeah, I love Tottenham. Now tell us, tell the people what you told us before on your oh yeah Tottenham journey this season. Uh, you know, <laughs> Steve said last week. If you guys don't remember, go watch it. He said something along the lines of no. Tottenham will not make the top four. There's no way. But I I said, I said, I don't think, I said, I think, I said Man United was going to do it. They lost to Everton. And yeah. uh, Ronaldo slapped the person. And you um, assaulted a child. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't know. We look so dang good. Um, my biggest thing is if there was ever a set piece against Tottenham, it was we were conceding yesterday is the way it felt like. So the resiliency that we showed against Villa in that first half, uh, we honestly got dominated, um, <laughs> and which was able to open up the game in the second half, and we were able to, to you know show our class and stuff like that. But it's looking like we'll finish top four, right? But who knows? Um, and what will I be saying in two weeks? Um, <laughs> it's true. So, you know, United losing to Everton, didn't have it in my books. Um, but all good news for Tottenham right now, um, going into Arsenal, losing 2-1 to Brighton. Um, did not see that coming either. Um, and it's kind of like almost like they're playing like a game. Like I'm on the Truman Show, if anyone's <laughs> ever seen that movie. Like they're just they're just stringing me along. They're about to, they're about to pull the wool over my eyes or something. I don't know. Oh my gosh. I was going to say for experience. Yeah, but I think you guys can do it, man. I was telling you guys keep hope because this Arsenal team, they're starting to revert back to how they were last year. They were not good. They have not looked good, man. They lost to Brighton 2-1. Um, and now they only have one game in hand on Spurs, which I think they play this week. So it's going to be very, very tight. Cole, you might want to start looking at flights because uh, you, <laughs> you still have that ticket to the been. game. I'm just debating if I want to spend that money or not, man. Oh, my gosh. It, it's probably going to come down to that game. It's probably going to come down to that game. It's crazy. Um, yeah, Man U losing, Arsenal losing only helps Tottenham uh, to solidify their position in fourth, especially their goal differential. Uh, we've scored the most goals in 2022, more mm. than any other Premier League team, so it's only helping 
to protect ourselves. If we, you know, come even with another team, we'll have that goal differential um, heading into those last couple of games. So that's also important. Um, but yeah, Everton surviving, getting the huge points against the crumbling Man U team. Um, but the other side of that <laughs> table, you had Burnley. They lost a game to Norwich 2-0. Um, so the bottom guys putting up a fight, um, doing what they can to maybe scratch their way up with what little chances they have. I don't know. Um, but it doesn't help either that um, what well, helps Norwich, but Watford also, they lost to Leeds uh, 3-0. So kind of some crazy results there at the bottom of the table. It's sort of like a hot potato kind of thing where it's like, uh, you guys win, you guys win. I don't want to win. Like It's just <laughs> yeah. like everyone's just, yeah, you know, it's like a you just don't know what you're getting from any of those teams right now. Um, but as it stands, Everton are four points clear of Burnley in 18th. So, um, yeah. I mean, there's what, what we've said, six, seven games left, depending on, you know, what teams have left. Four points is not great, but it might be just enough um, to yeah. hold their position. I was going to say, I think I said last week that they – Everton would probably need only like seven points out of the remaining seven games to stay up. Um, and I mean, I think that will still be true. You know, all the results this weekend, like you just laid out, went their way. They won against Man U. Um, Norwich, for this, this is just classic Burnley, like the game that they need to win, right? Like they're playing the worst team in the league. They, right. they need to win this game to like have any really, there's, there's still a chance that they stay up, but to really like keep pushing Everton and keep the pressure on, they right. need to win that game. They lose Watford <laughs> just look bad against, you know, Watford we were talking about, they might jump Everton, right. but now they're in, 19th place it's it's a mess down there and i think i think our predictions from a couple weeks ago will, will end up being true by the end of the season that those three teams down there will 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 stay down there unfortunately yeah um we got some games to look forward to <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah um tottenham and brighton obviously tottenham's trying to stay hot um stay away from that win-lose-win-lose form that they had early in 2022. Uh, Man U versus Norwich. Can Norwich repeat what they did? And can Man U repeat what they did? Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> they'll be hoping to turn it around. So yeah, they want to. Game they'll need to. Um, especially after, I think, the rumors of appointing Ten Hag. You know, is this a guy that's going to rethink that if Man U continues to be a dumpster fire? Um, I don't know. Mm. Um, and then Southampton Arsenal... Um, Southampton just getting thwacked by Chelsea. Um, will they find any confidence against Arsenal, who, again, are trying to compete with Tottenham um, with that game in hand? But if Southampton decide to be, you know, a competitive team, then maybe Arsenal will have their hands full for them. Um, but we'll we'll see. We'll definitely have to keep our eyes on that. And the MLS, though, um, back to it. Uh, in Miami, guys, they got their first win of the season. Give a little golf clap for in You didn't Miami. say it, Cole. Whoa. <laughs> back to our favorite league. Back as we go, as we go, bro. What do you say? Across yes. the pond? Yes, yes, yes. As Gosh. we go back to over the pond, back to Don't our favorite league. I'm so sorry. I'm a Bush League guy. I'm a Bush League host. Um, as we always do, back to the MLS, our favorite <laughs> league. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm getting fired. Uh, <laughs> and in Miami, golf clap, like I said, they get their first one of the season against fellow bottom dwellers, New England Revolution, 3-2. to two. They got a hat trick. Leonardo Campana getting the work done for Inter Miami. Um, this is a two teams that really, you know, weren't surprised to see New England down at the bottom, uh, but not surprised to see Inter Miami there. Um, but, you know, huge game for them. Maybe they can... Uh, not suck so much the rest of the season. Uh, they're going to be bad. <laughs> they're still going to be bad, <laughs> for sure. Uh, Philadelphia Union, they took sole control of the East. They got a 1-0 win over your guys up in Columbus, Brandon. And El Trafico was the most entertaining game of the weekend, I think. Uh, the Galaxy took this one 2-1. to one. Our guy Chicharito uh, got his goal. And some controversy there at the end. Uh, Steven, you have a guy that you love to have on your FIFA teams and MLS, Latisse 
Blessing had a goal called back for LA at the very end. Um, in the buildup, there was a guy that apparently was just offside and uh, the goal got called back in. So LA Galaxy gets the win, wins in El Trafico. And now the Galaxy move into second by behind LAFC by just a single point. Um, so that'll be a really, really good race to watch in the West. Um, were you guys disappointed with the result? Did you want to see LAFC win? Are y'all happy to see Galaxy win? I'm on the Chip Chirito hype train. Um, it's <laughs> yep. it's great. Um, you know, there's even talks with uh, the Mexican national team. No number nines are scoring on their Mexican national team. Not even Raul Jimenez. They're not looking dangerous even with him up top. Um, so with Chicharito scoring, doing those LeBron James celebrations, hopefully he <laughs> if he can book his way on that Mexico team, that'd be killer. Um, that'd be amazing but, uh, to see him in the World Cup. Oh yeah, so I'm you know. Both LA teams are great. I like Vela a lot too, but um, it's fun to see Galaxy actually like good. I wouldn't even mm-hmm. say like they're not even they're not to what they used to be and what they're known for, but they're good and it's fun. <laughs> it's fun to see an historical really great team um, be good again. So it's fun. I like it. Is this the best El Trafico result we've seen, or is that three two game with Laton's debut still the best? I think so. Yeah, that'll I never change. That- yeah, that's definitely the best for me. But uh, this one was good, you know. Put, uh, you know, Vela did score as well, but it was called back. Um, so he was, you know, he was close there. Um, and I, I'm, I'm with you guys. I think these guys could book their, book their, or their own flights um, to Qatar if they keep playing really well. Um, put the pressure on Tata. We'll see. We'll see them. Yep. Have an appreciation for those two guys. They've certainly, you know, carried the mantle for those Mexican national teams for a long time. Um, it would be really cool to have them maybe sent off um, together in Qatar. But, yeah, remains to be seen. Um, I'm sure they just need to stay healthy, right? If they can stay yeah. healthy and continue to score, maybe they'll get the call from Tata. Well, the thing Tata is, Tata. too, real quick about those two players is that, like, Chicharito wants to play with the Mexican national team, but has been, like, blacklisted. Like, yeah. there's so much weird stuff, like him not being even, like, allowed to be in the conversation about being back on the team. Mm-hmm. And Carlos Vela is the opposite, just doesn't really want to play for the Mexican <laughs> national team. And it's really weird. Um, yeah. That's a little sidebar there, but Mexico doesn't look great going into the qualifying or going into the World Cup, so maybe they'll call them anyways. But yeah, maybe. Well, as we begin to kind of close things out, we're gonna do our MLS Fast Five, and this is something that we like to do pretty much every week. Uh, We'll get some predictions and run through the five games that we think you should be watching and tuning in for. Um, Match number one is Houston versus Portland. Steven, get us started. Predictions for the Fast Five. Two, one, uh, Portland, and Diego Chara has two bicycle kicks for the goals. Oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> okay, we're going to start with the hot. takes. Yeah. <laughs> I will say 2-2 two, two draw. Uh, Houston's been in pretty good form. They won 4-3 at the weekend, surprisingly, and I think they're above Portland on the table currently. Um, so I'll say 2-2 two, two draw. It's in Houston, so. 2-0 Houston, they'll take the dub. Ah. Uh, Red Bull taking on Dallas. They're at home against Dallas. Uh, Brandon, you shoot away on this one. Yeah, two really good teams. Um, Ferreira is looking really good, scoring some goals. Um, Red Bulls won again at the weekend, I think. They're looking good this year. Oh, man, it'll be it'll be a tough game. Um, I'll say Red Bulls won nothing again because that seems to be a theme. Esteban? I'll go with a 1-1 draw, another Ferreira goal. I will take what you're having, please, sir. Uh, 1-1 draw. Um, Minnesota, Colorado. Um, I like the Loons. I think they'll win 3-1 at home. Brandon? Mm, Fun. Um, 2-1, yeah, Minnesota. And I'll go 2-1, opposite side, Colorado Rapids. Classic. (laughs) A good game. We got Toronto taking on the Philadelphia Union. Steven, can the Union hold their spot in the sole control of the East? Yes, they can. 2-0 Union. Brandon? I feel like I got to go with my preseason prediction. I'll say one nothing Toronto. Oh. Um, Even though I think the Union are very, very, very good. I'll take the Union 2-0, taking it in the six against Toronto. 
Um, and lastly, Atlanta takes on Cincinnati. Um, Atlanta losing Joseph Martinez for six to eight weeks, still missing out with Lisa Arujo. Um, Tiago Mata's got to hold down the fort while they're gone. I don't think it's enough, but I do think it's sort of enough, and I think it's just a zero-zero draw. It's going to be a terrible game. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it'll be a terrible game. I think it's it's at home. Um, Cincinnati does have a. I think he's leading the Golden Boot race, or he's tied for it. Ex Atlanta United player Brandon Vasquez, um, who yeah, I'd we love to never, have him right now. Yeah, we should <laughs> never let go. I've always said that, but hey. Um, I think he will score. I sort of hope he does, to be honest. Um, I'll say 2-1 Atlanta United. Um, I have absolutely zero idea how this game is going to go. Um, but I'm making a prediction anyways. Um, <laughs> I'll go... Atlanta and I could very easily lose this game. Yeah. Um, but I'll go for a 2-0 win. I'm feeling optimistic. Wow. Atlanta United. Um, get the fans to buy back into it. Pineda whips the boys in the shape after a very poor performance against Charlotte. Yeah, Cincinnati's about to win 3-1 now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> they could. They probably will. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, that was our MLS Fast Five. Love getting to do that. Get you guys through some games really quickly. Um, but now we're actually going to close things out. We also have the NHL playoffs coming up, uh, which we'll try our best to keep you guys updated on. Uh, maybe we'll do like a little NHL breakdown somewhere in between. Um, Are the Gwinnett Gladiators in that? Hey, the Atlanta Gladiators, as, as they're now known as, are in the playoffs. So maybe we got to make Atlanta it up to a game. <laughs> That'd be fun. Um, well, but, we're the Atlanta Braves, so. Hey, you know, we'd love to see it. Uh, but that about wraps things up here today on The Bad Fan. Thank you again for tuning in. Um, if you enjoyed today's time together, please give it a thumbs up. It's free. And hey, it only takes a second of your time. Uh, you can really do it. Uh, subscribe if you're not already a Bat fan. Uh, we've been talking about how we're trying to get to 100 subs by the summer. So if you want to help us get there, don't be afraid to share um, this video with a friend. Um, follow us on Instagram. We would greatly appreciate it. Get involved in the comments down below. Or if you find those Instagram posts to be funny or great, uh, interact with those. Uh, we also have a brand new Twitter account. Give that a follow. We'll start to post some things, retweet some things that we enjoy. Uh, but the link tree in the description has everything you need uh, just to click on that and it'll take you to those pages that you need to see. Um, but thanks again for joining us. All of us here at the Bad Fan Podcast. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you guys in the next one. Until then, peace. <laughs>